0: news on the football side, and we'll touch on basketball here a little bit. We'll certainly be getting into basketball even more next week as the Badgers start up their season next Tuesday. And then we'll, of course, get into our regular game week preview, previewing the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. So Matt and I will have our preview to start, and then we have Aaron Brightman of on the banks, SB Nation's Rutgers site, who came on to give a little bit deeper insight into the Scarlet Knights and everything that's gone on for them this season. So, your normal episode for the week as you get ready and excited for what should be an intriguing matchup out in Piscataway, New Jersey this weekend for Wisconsin. Matt, how are you today? I'm doing great. Yeah, plenty of uh, crazy news beyond the Badgers today in Wisconsin sports, but I'm, I'm excited to talk a little Badgers because I think this is going to be a, a fun game this weekend, and, and hopefully the Badgers can take care of business. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, Certainly, the pro football team in the state had a little bit of news. Um, and uh, and a lot to get to on a lot of different sides. I think that's taken up most of the uh, the Twitter sphere out there in the world. But Wisconsin football is ready uh, and also gearing up very quietly, probably in most people's minds, for a contest on Saturday. But before we get into the Rutgers preview, we do got a little bit of news to touch on. In-state offensive lineman John Clifford announced that he will be heading to Madison. Um, part of the class of 2022 group. Um, he's a player that you know, had some other school interests, you know, lower level Division one programs, Division two schools in Minnesota, but in-state kids, when they get that preferred walk-on offer from Wisconsin, sometimes that's just too much to pass up, no matter the other offers out there, and usually it works out for, you know, a lot of times for the player and for the school in a lot of different ways, and, and there's been a countless number of players that have gone that path and had success, so What do you make of John Clifford? What do you think of the Badgers picking up our player? I mean, in-state linemen are always good players to have, and and he is no different here. Yeah, I mean, you look at kind of his story, kid out of Watertown, um, so not too far from Madison. Uh, Started off as a tight end, uh, kind of just a bigger body kid who's who's kind of filled out the past year or so, Uh, came to camp, and Wisconsin went ahead and and saw some tape from him earlier this year. Gave him the opportunity, and he kind of jumped on it over some Division two II and three offers or opportunities. So, and, and you look at it, he's 6'5", 265 good good size right now for for a guy who's just kind of filling out after playing mostly tight end for his career. So, I think this is one of those high upside walk on offers that uh, the Badgers have have you know hit on quite a bit in the past, and um, it's a really good opportunity for. For Clifford in, in a lot of ways to, to take advantage of an opportunity that he's always wanted um, and, and become a Badger. So I, I think really it's a, it's a win-win and, and it, this is the type of kid that you root for at Wisconsin uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely. I think you saying it's a win-win situation is, is I, I think the best way to describe it. I mean, a player um, from so close, local, maybe didn't have the, the accolades to, to get a full ride and offer, and, and, and offer that way from Wisconsin, but I think you can certainly see an opportunity where you know I'm sure a player of his caliber is going to be hungry to come in, try and prove himself, and, and who knows, maybe excels down the road. Not all walk-ons pan out that way, but uh, Wisconsin has had a good amount of success in that uh, mold and that game plan that uh, has worked for them. So it doesn't doesn't make um, it doesn't surprise me at all that this is the path that they went here. And I think a player like him hopefully comes in, works hard, and Maybe it takes a little longer for him to get on the field as someone who's still developing, but who knows? You've seen countless amounts of walk-ons turn into successful players and go on to have a fine career at Wisconsin. So, uh, like you mentioned, these are the guys you root for, and and hopefully um, that works out the same way here for John Clifford. Absolutely. All right, there's not a ton of news. Anything else you want to hit on before we get into our Rutgers preview for the week? Uh, One thing that kind of continued fallout from last week I guess you could say follow but Leo Sinal just continues to be uh, in contention for basically every award out there. Um, the Benderick Award and the Buckus Award, two of the, the more prestigious awards for a defender in, in the nation, he's still um, you know, on that short list. So I think you're looking at a kid who's really kind of elevated his game of late, and I think uh, the more he continues to light up the scoreboard and... And the stat sheet, he's going to continue to be recognized, um, not only at the Big Ten and All-American level, potentially, but, but also nationally. Yeah, he, he's a player that certainly deserves that, that recognition. He's went out there and earned it and, and been just an absolute animal. I mean, we both expected him to be much better this year compared to what he was at last year, but I don't know if anyone saw just quite the, the, the havoc record that he has become um, and what he's developed into over the course of, you know, the early part of this, this season. So, um, great for him to see that. He, he's a kid who's earned it. And, and you know, certainly both Shaw and Sandborn just continue to prove that they're one of the top, you know, linebacker tandems in the country. And week in and week out, while out are so much fun to watch. And I would expect, uh, the same thing upcoming this week against a Rutgers offense that is struggling a little bit. I think, uh, guys like Sandborn and Shaw will just continue to feast, uh, as they move through the rest of the schedule. For sure. All right, guys, that wraps up our news portion. So we'll go ahead and get right into our Rutgers preview. But before we do, we've got to talk to you about Home Field Apparel. Uh, Home Field is, of course, the newest sponsor of our podcast. If you haven't looked at them already, make sure to go over to homefieldapparel.com and check out their website. They've dropped some new schools over the course of the last week, including the Cal Golden Bears. Schools like Furman, you know, they're not just hitting, you know, the big schools that everybody follows. They follow um, a lot of different smaller schools, schools that are maybe off the beaten path from traditional merchandise places. Um, they dig through the vaults of old school logos, some retro ones. This cow collection that they just dropped a couple days ago is is great. You may not have any association to the Cal Golden Bears, but if you need a nice soft, cozy sweatshirt or t shirt, make sure to go check them out at homefieldapparel.com, Their stuff like we have said Time and time again, incredibly soft, incredibly comfortable. As the season now t- turns to getting closer to late fall and early winter, it seems like the time of the year where you can just wear a home field hoodie, um every single day. I know they're missing some of their uh, crewnecks, but those will be back in stock soon. So go check them out. Stock up on some winter stuff. Get ready for uh, the holiday season um, with some gifts. I know there's a ton of people out there that would really enjoy the comfort and softness of some home field apparel sweatshirt. All right, Matt, that brings us to the Rutgers preview. You ready to get into this interesting matchup between the Scarlet Knights and the Badgers? Let's do it. All right, so coming into this week, we've got Wisconsin at Rutgers. Of course, these two teams don't meet all that often, um, with one being in the Big Ten West, one being in the Big Ten East. Um, I believe the last time, it was, a, it was a few years ago, back in the Chris Ash era. So Greg Schiano certainly came in and revitalized this program a little bit, so they're not that same Rutgers of old that was kind of the the doormat of the big time they've they've been much more competitive this year uh, coming off of a bye week and then a win over um, Illinois this past week played a little bit better saw some things so what do you make of this rutgers Wisconsin matchup coming into this week I think the biggest thing this week is kind of where both teams heads are at Um, you're looking at Wisconsin ended up in the college football playoff rankings at number 21, which I think was a surprise to many. Um, and you've got Rutgers coming off of their first Big Ten win this year. So I, I think Wisconsin, they're going to be riding high after that Iowa game, which, you know, it's a very physical game. There's a lot of emotion involved with it. Can they get up for a, an away game where you're kind of, going across the country here or halfway across the country to play a, uh, a team that you don't play very often? Um, or is this one of those where you see that the Badgers kind of come start out slow? So I think just where both teams are at um, at the beginning of this game and and whatnot is going to really play a key role in my eyes. But, but you mentioned it. I think this is a much better Rutgers team than what we've seen in the past. Um, they started off hot winning their first four games, and it, you know, struggled a little bit more since we got into Big Ten play, but but still, this is a team that can bite you if you don't come in and play hard. And, and I think that's really the biggest thing for Wisconsin is that they got to come in ready and uh, expecting a dog fight. Yeah, absolutely. and this is a team that's now sitting there at, at four and four. And if they can get two more wins here in these last four, all of a sudden you're talking about Rutgers going through a ball. So, um, I, I'm not saying they've got Penn State, they've got uh, Indiana, Wisconsin, and Maryland left on their schedule. I'm not saying they're going to do it, but they're going to be a team that is now hungry and, and wanting to. And, and when you have a team like Wisconsin coming into their building, it's certainly a, a, a possibility that they're going to be up and ready for this game. Greg Schiano was talking about it um, this entire week. They need you know, asking students and fans to get to the stands, be loud, get there early. Um, so they're going to be motivated and ready for this game coming off of, um, of that win and, and seeing what's ahead of them. There's no doubt Wisconsin will be, too, uh, of course, now in a position where they can make things happen in the Big Ten West and can control their own destiny. But at the same time, you can't come out and be sleepy against a Rutgers team like this. Rutgers of old? Yeah, maybe you could get away with being sleepy. But this team um, certainly plays with a lot of heart, a lot of grit, I know we've seen a lot of grit factory. Um, with Wisconsin, that's kind of how this Rutgers team is. They're maybe not the most talented team, but so far this year they have played that scrappy, you know, underdog role, and and they've done fairly well. Uh, so four and fourteen, it's an interesting matchup for sure. It's not just something where you can probably breeze by this game and expect Wisconsin to pick up, you know, a blowout victory. I think this game will still be competitive, um, and and certainly have some interesting storylines to watch for. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, and I, I think. Looking at just the way that Illinois and Rutgers played, it was kind of a back-and-forth contest. I think they're, they're kind of similar teams in that they don't necessarily scare you in a, in a lot of ways offensively. They have a couple decent players on defense, but not necessarily anybody um, or, or the skill talent that you would think is you know equivalent to the Badgers. So Wisconsin, on paper, is the better team, but you go into it and you know, hey, it's on the road, it's in the Big Ten. You're, you're, you're traveling halfway across the country, things can get weird. Um, and so I, I think Wisconsin's in a good spot for this game. I think that Rutgers has um, some some pieces to build around. I think the um, injury status of Aaron Kirchhank, former Badger, um, and I know that that's been a major talking point all week, it is definitely something to monitor because I think he is the kind of difference maker that could um, – shift the game if he's available. He's essentially emerged as their number two wide receiver um, before he got injured the last two weeks. He's got a shoulder injury, uh, and he's been able to be dynamic in the in the return game as well. I think that's one area that Rutgers probably has an advantage is in special teams, specifically at punter, and in the return game. Uh, and, and so I think that's, that's those are the little things that are, this game's going to come down to, whereas Wisconsin, if they play a clean game, and don't hurt themselves here. I think they can they can take care of Rutgers, similar to what they did against Illinois, because I think Illinois and Rutgers are a fairly similar teams. But if they allow this to be a messy game, then they'll allow Rutgers to hang in there and build some confidence. Yeah, I think that's a, a great point to mention. Is, is that messy game that we've seen Wisconsin not thankfully been bitten by lately, but you know that's not too far in the memory banks in, in terms of what we saw early in the season. So. With that, that kind of transitions well into the Wisconsin offense, which, like I just mentioned, has been better, but still a little bit turnover prone um, so far this year. This Rutgers defense is kind of hot and cold, is what I, you know, when you're looking at the numbers, you know, they, they rank in the 50 range for total defense, rushing defense, passing defense. So they're not, not necessarily going to blow you away, but they're not necessarily, you know, a, a terrible team out there in regards to all of college football in any department. But They've held up well against the run, against some opponents, but then you've seen some other opponents, You like Kenneth Walker, who's you know now in high to consideration, ran all over them. But then you've seen this Rutgers team kind of flex their muscles against the, the Syracuse, Michigan, Illinois, that are ground-heavy a team. So how do you expect the offense, I think we know how we're, they're going to attack, they're going to want to run the football, how do you think they'll try and find and, and have some success um, against this Rutgers defense? Yeah, I think it's going to have to come on the ground because that's really been the recipe for the Badgers the past four games, and, and it coincides nicely with the offensive line playing better um, and and kind of taking some of the load off of Graham Mertz. So I think they're going to run the ball. I, I I still expect that they're probably going to also try to get Graham Mertz in a rhythm early, but in terms of the run game, I think this is one of those games where it's going to be interesting to see if a guy like Josh Seltzer is back because um, he hasn't had the perfect a perfect year this year, but he is still – along that offensive line that's helped you out quite a bit. And, um, you know, Michael Furtney played well in his absence. But I think this is a game where you've got Rutgers, a team that's done pretty well against the run in certain situations. And Wisconsin, I mean, really has has just said, you know, screw it, we're not going to pass the ball. We're going to run here over and over again. And I, I think Braylon Allen is going to be the guy that gets more touches than Cheson Lucy, similar to what we saw last week, I, I, I would imagine. I think it's kind of starting to trend towards um, trailing towards out a little bit more, but I still think that um, that duo, and hopefully John Chanel is, is still fully healthy and doesn't get banged up because you're missing a lot of tight ends and fullbacks. But, but I think that one-two punch of Valen and Malusi is really going to be the story, no, ma- no matter what, with Wisconsin's offense. Yeah, I think it's almost now, it's crazy to try and Come up with or expect something different. It's going to be the ground game, and if they have success, they're going to keep to it. I think what I'm interested in to see is if all of a sudden maybe the run game gets stalled up a little bit, or if they have some drives that don't quite work, do they just continue to stick to it? I think they'll really need to be patient. You mentioned that you might come out. You know, I would expect off of a, a, it's college football. They're college kids. Off of a win against Iowa, maybe you come out and do start a little slow. But sticking with that run, which we've seen Wisconsin do time and time again, I, I think will be important. And I'm glad that you brought up that you, that you, that you believe it will be a little bit more Braylon Allen because I think the one thing that I've seen from this Rutgers defense and the little bit that I've watched, and I'm not, not going to sit here and say I've watched every Rutgers game, um, but I think the tackling has been an issue where you know maybe a play you know, gets stalled up think your guys down, but then he busts a tackle and picks up more yardage. I think that's the one spot of this Rutgers defense where you've looked at, and and that's maybe um, a glaring spot where you could take advantage of. A guy like Ches Malusi, not necessarily a tackle breaker, but a guy like Braylon Allen, 240, just big bruiser type guy with some breakaway speed as well. He could be the guy that really gets a lot of the carries and maybe breaks some of those tackles. Maybe early it slowed down a little bit. But I think after a while, kind of wearing down on this defense, Braylon Allen could be in a situation where he busts some weak arm tackles and, and breaks some of these runs. So I'm hoping that Wisconsin stays patient. I, I mean, for confidence sake, I'd love to see Graham Murphy get some more throws. But at this point, I think they have a recipe that's working and they're going to stick to it. So I, I'm thinking Braylon Allen would be a guy that gets a lot of, a lot of carries and can hopefully bust some of these big runs open against a defense that just has not tackled all that well throughout the, the course of the season. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a game where if you might not see those big, long gains, and instead it's gonna you're going to you know chunk it down the field slowly but surely like they did against Illinois. But I think that if Wisconsin is able to execute when they get in scoring opportunities, I think the Badgers are going to be fine in this game because I think the running game is going to be able to do just enough um, to keep them ahead of the chains and allow them to move the ball out the field against Rutgers. Because I, I just think that the, the size of Wisconsin's offensive line and their ability to, to move people the past four weeks ha- has really improved, and that's, that's what this team's leaning on right now. Switching gears here to the defensive side of the ball, Wisconsin, of course, comes in off of an incredible performance against Iowa. Six sacks, really just flustered an Iowa offense that um, you know, had struggled all season long, but Wisconsin just seemed to really suffocate them. You're going to come into this week facing an offense that's kind of got similar numbers in the Rutgers-Scarlet Knights, 104th in total offense. They run the ball a little bit better, 87th in rushing uh, offense, 97th in passing offense. Don't really do all that much well, and I think a lot of the problems for the Rutgers offense have been up front. Similar to Wisconsin, they've been kind of moving pieces around. They've had injuries in the offensive line, and that group has really struggled. They haven't necessarily gave up a ton of sacks. But it's just they've been getting stopped left and right, and the run game and the pass game, just you know, the pressure seems to to really get to them. So you look at the Wisconsin defense, similar kind of situation. You kind of already know what to expect is that they're probably going to completely shut down the run and suffocate um, uh, Rutgers' offense. So I'm more so wondering what does Rutgers do to try and find success? Success, because I just don't see it. I mean, I was writing up the over/under um, in our betting preview and. I just don't know if Rutgers is going to score. I mean, I really just, I think it could be a very similar game to what we saw last week with Wisconsin-Iowa, where this defense just completely shuts this Rutgers offense down um, and makes it, um, just, uh, make it just makes it hell for four straight quarters. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is a game where Wisconsin could possibly just sit on them and, and slowly um, snorlax them away. But I think that Wisconsin defensively is going to try to bring pressure. You, you look at, uh, Noah withdrawal he, he has been able to do well in a, a few games, but he's also struggled in others. Um, so specifically that Ohio State game, I mean, he had three interceptions in that game, his his only three of the year. But he's he's a factor on the ground as well. They like to get him um, on the move a little bit, but but he isn't an overly impressive quarterback. Not that Graham Burks has been anything special all year long either. but But I do think that this is a game where, if, if Wisconsin is able to shut down the run, which they've shown, you know, game in and game out, at this point, that that's you know, kind of an expectation um, for Wisconsin fans, at least for me. But I just I agree with you. I think that if Wisconsin can can limit any of the big plays, because they have hit some big plays. I know that that's not necessarily their mo. But you look at Bo Melton and Shank, um Brandon Sanders. They all have receptions of fifty seven or longer. So, as long as Wisconsin can, can hold up their end of the bargain in the secondary, I agree with you. I think that this Wisconsin defense is going to be able to shut um, Rutgers down and keep them from scoring much in this game. It, it's more can the offense do enough to score um, for the Badgers to kind of put Rutgers away, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a very good point is, is that Rutgers is going to be looking to maybe hit some of those big plays, and if not, you know, where do they go from there? It will certainly be an issue to watch. You mentioned Noah draw. I know he's healthy or banged up, and, and hopefully going to be healthy for this game. The other eye, name to maybe keep an eye on is Gavin Winsett. he came in a uh, four-star freshman quarterback came in a little bit last week at that Illinois game. That could be an added wrinkle. I'm guessing you'll see him at some point um, against uh, the Badgers. A little bit more of a guy that you know, a little bit of a dual threat guy, but also someone who can really throw it around and down the field. If you've seen any of the, you know some of his highlight tapes. Um, from high school, he's a very highly recruited kid, probably one of the higher recruits that the Rutgers has landed. Um, not just not just in quarterback position, but overall. So that could be one wrinkle where maybe they try to come up with a package to throw Wisconsin off. But I still think you know Jim Leonard is going to have something schemed up. They'll probably prep for him uh, as well a little bit. And I, at this point, Wisconsin's had the kitchen sink thrown at him the last three weeks. You talk about the triple option. You talk about the pass heavy. Offense with Purdue, the run-heavy offense against Iowa, it hasn't mattered. So whatever Rutgers comes out, whatever quarterback you know situation they want to roll, out, I still think I'm going to sit here and say, until proven otherwise, I think this Wisconsin defense is just going to completely um, suffocate, and suck the life out of uh, that Rutgers offense. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I just I want to see it because it's a road game, and you just don't know. How the Badgers are going to come out after that emotional and, and very physical game against Iowa? That's my biggest thing. Is I don't want to see a letdown effort where it takes two quarters for the Badgers to kind of figure it out and they allow Buckers to to kind of make some of those big plays, whether it be in special teams or take advantage of a turnover and, and score on this defense. Yeah, I think that's the, the great way to put it. This game feels you know, coming off those two wins. A bit trappy, but hopefully, uh, hopefully Wisconsin is up and ready for this game. All right, we've talked about it a little bit. I think the key matchups here is, is something to keep an eye on. What do you have as uh, a key matchup that you're going to be watching for in this contest? Everything in special teams in, in this game. In, in a game where your defense is you know, statistically much better than the opponent, you, you need to look at what are the ways that this other team could change the game and score. And I, I think that's the advantage that Rutgers has. You you look at this, they have a really good punter, one of the best in the Big Ten, one of the best in the nation, um, who, who is a, an Aussie kicker. So you're looking at somebody who um, he kicks from multiple different levels. Sometimes it's a rugby style, sometimes he's kicking out of bounds, really accurate. So he's a guy that when you've seen Wisconsin muff a couple of punts, we've seen um, guys run into the ball. He, he gets some funky bounces on his kicks. Hopefully that doesn't come back to hurt Wisconsin in this one. But it also opens up because he's got a big leg. Maybe Dean Ingram can get a return. He's only had one return of over 10 yards, and that was against Eastern Michigan when he had a 20-yard return. Maybe he can get loose. Um, I've already st- stood on my soapbox and talked about the punt return game before. Um, but but also, if Aaron Crickshank can return, he is the type of guy who can change the game. We've seen it. to to the benefit of Wisconsin in in the Rose Bowl and other games, but we've also seen it to the detriment uh, when you look across the country at at other teams, because Aaron Khrushchev is is one of the best return men in the country. Um, And it's a shame to see him playing for Rutgers now, but that's the reality. He not only does kickoff returns, but he also does punt returns and he is a weapon there. Um, And I think that's, that's one of the more frustrating things is he never returned punts with Wisconsin and he has a 62 yarder this year. but um, I digress uh, that's an area as well that I think Wisconsin needs to be ready for if he's able to go. I think it's a big if because they, I know they said that uh, his status is very questionable at this point but um, I think you've got to prepare like he's going to be there because he is a good athlete. Yeah, absolutely I think to, to kind of go off of that It's just it's a game that Wisconsin needs to play, Clean, whether it be in special teams, whether it be in you know, offensive turnovers, even penalties, um, you know, Rutgers is a team that isn't super penalized. I believe they're top five in, in penalty yards, uh, so they play, you know, disciplined football. That they may not be the most talented team, but if you make mistakes in any of those areas and allow this team to to hang around, they're a team that will feed off that energy at home and try and do everything to make this a contest. If you came out, all things equal, and just put, you know, pedal to the metal, played really well out of the gate, again and play clean, I think this is a game you could put away. You know, it's a game that doesn't need to be close, but that doesn't mean it won't be. So I think that's a great point is that Wisconsin just trying to be, you know, you're better on offense, you're better on defense, but there's other factors that can level that playing field if you're not careful in special teams, turnovers. Mistakes like that can certainly be something that levels that playing field and puts them um, on more of an equal footing with Wisconsin if the Badgers are you know, going out there and, and shooting themselves in the foot in, in some of those key areas. Yeah, I thought you put that perfectly. This cleanliness in this game is going to be very important. All right, up next we'll go into the players that we're going to be talking about. Who do you think we'll have, uh, or who do you think we'll be talking about, come Sunday morning? I think I think a guy I'm excited to watch in this game is going to be Noah Burks. Um, I, I know you look at the linebacking core and um, Chanel, Sanborn, and and Herbig get most of the fanfare, and rightfully so. They're all having tremendous years, especially Chanel and, and Herbig. I mean, they jumped off the page this year. Um, I know Greg Schiano mentioned um, Nick Herbig as a guy that they have to game plan for because he's tremendous at bending around the edge. Um, and when he was talking in his in his uh, availability this week. I think when you have to account for four different linebackers, they're going to probably say, okay, we're not going to let five and we're not going to let 19 beat us, right? Like they're going to say, Leo Chanel, Nick Herbert, those are the guys that you're most afraid of if you're that offensive line in that offense. So sometimes you overcorrect it. It leaves guys like Noah Burks, who's really played like a, a different player. These last two games, I mean, I didn't know that he needed to get engaged to really turn it on, but you look at it here, he's got three sacks in the last two games. Uh, and He's playing some really good football, including that fumble recovery um, against Iowa. So I think he's a guy who could continue that and, and have a really good game. I hope so, because I think just he's a guy that if, if you have an attacking style on both sides of the edge, I think that really helps out this defense, and, and it helps um, – Jim Leonard kind of scheme things a little bit easier. So I, I'm going to watch uh, him on the uh, defensive side of the ball. He's the guy I'm watching. Yeah, I, I like that pick a lot. I think for me, the, the guy I look for, uh, we've already kind of talked about offense with Braylon Allen. I think he's going to be the one that you're going to see you know, breaking some tackles, hopefully breaking some runs. And at this point, he's the guy you're going to talk about, at least in a positive light. Uh, pretty much every single week, him or Chesman, Lucy. I mean, Maybe maybe they open it up a little bit and Graham Merch, um, you know throws it around and, and, the, and tight ends and receivers um, you know, get some get some run. But I think at this point, if you're going to be talking about a player, it's going to be in the running back room. Um, defensively is maybe where there's more conversation because there's so many options, like you mentioned. There's four linebackers you've got to account for, but also up front on that defensive line, I'm really excited to see. We expect Keanu Benton to kind of do his thing every single week, but The other guys, again, I think Matt Henningsen's got to a point where he's gotten more credit, and and we all, I think, acknowledge and understand how good of a player he is. But the other guy that's starting to finally get some credit as to having a really good year is Isaiah Mullins on the defensive line. He's not necessarily came out of nowhere. We expected him to be the other starter, but he's really playing well, and he's physical, and with this Rutgers offensive line kind of being um, a puzzle, just trying to find whatever combination might work, I think. Guys like Henningson and Mullins could could have really good games as well. Maybe they don't have the sack numbers because a lot of that comes from the linebackers. But these guys could really shut down the run game. Maybe they make a few plays in that in that uh, pass rush game and continue to have good years. Cause I think all the attention certainly deservedly goes to the linebackers at first. But those guys up front are are really doing a good job you know, across the board. It's not just Ben. It's all three of them and, and even some of the the number two guys rotating in, you feel really solid about, and, you know, Bryson Williams, shots Johnson, not getting as much run, but um, that's because the starters are really, really good. And they've got some really good depth in the defensive line spot. Going back to the offense, we know kind of the storyline is going to be that they're going to want to run the ball, right? Like, but Wisconsin hasn't really gotten all three of their wide receivers going and any game this year, that just hasn't been a thing. It's been either Danny Davis has a good game, Kendrick Pryor has a good game, Jim Ray Dike has a good game. So which one of those three do you think it is this game?
1: Like, which one is going to
0: maybe make the most plays or have the most opportunities, do you think? Um, You know, it's probably, I'd probably say Danny Davis, but I'd I really like it to be, I'd love to see a big game from Jim Ray Dike. I think that's a guy that we, we're all excited about to see what he can do when he, gets the opportunities. All of these receivers, you, you like what they do, and you like what you can get from them. You just don't really see the ball in their hands all that much. So I, I think it would probably be a guy like Danny Davis because he stretches the field a little bit more and is a little bit bigger of a target. But I would love to see Tremere D.K. come out with that grand Mertz connection that they have seen in spurts and, and have a big game. I, I think that would be a really welcome sight um, for a young player that um, has, has really... Put it a lot of the reps he's been on the field a lot, it just hasn't gotten as many targets because, frankly, they're, they're not really throwing the ball and completing that many passes. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely, I like DK as well because I think uh, he also gives you a little something in the return game. Now that uh, you, you saw Devin Chandler leave, how fitting would it be if Tim Ray DK, now his third game as the kickoff return guy, if he was able to bust one off against Rutgers? Um, and, and make a big play against Aaron Cookshank. I think that would be just a tremendous story. Um, so I, am agreeing with you. I think Tim DK is the guy to possibly watch just because if you're not going to have as many opportunities on offense, last week he had the one reception for 22 yards, which was great. Um, and he's also had a couple other longer receptions, but if he also has that added element where he could break one in the, in the kick return game because he is a very fast, player, he's got good size of 6'1", 200 pounds, but can he make a a big play in special teams? We haven't seen it yet, right? We've only seen those 19, 21-yard returns. Can he break one and, you know, shift field position in a game where we we said Rutgers has the ability to do that in special teams? We haven't seen it from Wisconsin's return game this year. I think that's a great point. It would be an interesting added layer to an already very interesting uh, Big Ten contest. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. What do you think you have for a score prediction for this week? Like I said, I really just look at this game as eerily similar to that Illinois game. Um, I think Wisconsin will be able to take care of business, um, assuming that they don't uh, or that they don't turn the ball over a ton and put Rutgers in scoring positions. So I think this is going to be a game where Wisconsin wins maybe twenty-four to seven, where. Um, Rutgers gets a score off of some really uh, great field position because Wisconsin turns it over once or um, makes a makes some sort of miscue to give the Scarlet Knights a chance. But but overall, the offense does enough to, to put this game away and distance themselves comfortably in the second half. It just might take a little bit to get to them to get to that point. But but maybe they just flash fry and just finish it off right away. I just think Wisconsin's better team than Rutgers, and I think that they'll. Uh, eventually come away with the win. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think I'm in the same lane, like I said earlier. I think we could see a very similar game to what we saw last week where the offense um, you kind of just you know, takes, it, takes it under control, you know, scores enough. You know, you're not going to see Wisconsin come out likely and score you know, 45 points in any game. That's just not the way they're built right now. But I just look at the Rutgers offense. I don't know if, if they're going to put together more than a touchdown, so I could see you know, 27-7, once again, you kind of the same score. I'll just say that because I, I think it could be a carbon copy, um, kind of game where it just looks exactly the way, um, that things did last week because Rutgers and Iowa have had kind of similar offensive struggles. I think defensively, you know, Rutgers is, is quite a bit, you know, down from where Iowa is, but I still think Wisconsin maybe comes out a little slow. So I think that, that range, you know, we're kind of in the same range here with those predictions are certainly both in play. Uh, should we jump into the Big Ten now? Yeah, let's go ahead and get into our Big Ten picks for the rest of the week. Um, interesting couple of games here in the in the conference, of course, not as big as last week um, with that Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin, also you know, Ohio State, Penn State. But still some good ones. We'll start with 11 a.m. Big news that I Fox, Ohio State traveling in Nebraska. What do you like there? I've got Ohio State. I think that uh, it would be hilarious if Nebraska ends up winning and. Um, you know, that that's the, the the hallmark win that keeps Scott Frost for another year. But I, I just think that this is um, marching towards Ohio State, once again, being the best team from the Big Ten, and Nebraska probably looking for a different coach. Yeah, I think this might be where I think we're getting closer and closer to Scott Frost today where this might be um, maybe this is one of the, the final nails in the coffin. I don't think it will quite be after that, but I think Ohio State, we saw them roll last time they played at Nebraska. I think that we'll have a similar situation here. All right, 11 a.m. ESPN 2 Illinois and Minnesota. who do you like there? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Minnesota. similar spread to that um, Ohio State Nebraska game but um, I, I think Illinois could keep it com- keep it close um, if they're able to stop Minnesota from running the ball. It's crazy to think that I know Wisconsin's pretty one-dimensional in offense. Minnesota is even farther. Um, towards the run, the run, they they run the ball more than anybody else in the country. So um, I, I think if Illinois can run the ball on Minnesota and, and stop them, they'll have a shot. But, but in the end, I think Minnesota's gonna win. Yeah, I think I think Minnesota as well. But I think this could be a game that's like 13 to 10. I mean, just a low-scoring um, game that all of a sudden you don't hear all that much about. And you you just kind of check the score and be like, oh, that game's over already <laughs> because you got two teams. That just run the ball um, at, at a, an incredible clip, and it likely will be over. It's a perfect 11 a.m. ESPN 2 type of game. We'll just leave it at that. But I do think the Gophers pick up a victory there. All right, in the east at 2.30, we've got Penn State traveling to Maryland. Who do you like there? I think Penn State will win, but I wouldn't be surprised if Maryland was able to to make it interesting and steal one as well because it's in College Park. I just think those injuries that Maryland sustained in their wide receiving core really just shifted how dynamic they were offensively. So I'm going to go with Penn State, but, but I wouldn't be shocked either way. Yeah, yeah you know, it's crazy that both of these teams come into this game at 5-3. and three. You know, All the attention you know, early in the year, Penn State climbing so far up, and, and Maryland kind of disappointing to now being at that same spot. I'll say Penn State as well, but I agree with you. Either way, you know, you check the score at the end of that one or, or flip it on late, and, and it could be a one-possession type of game where Wisconsin, or Wisconsin, where Maryland or Penn State picks it up, and it wouldn't be that surprise. But I'll go with the New Lions on the road right here. All right, 230 ABC, we've got Michigan State, number uh, five-ranked Michigan State in terms of the AP Coaches poll, um, a little bit higher in the college football playoff rankings. But traveling to Purdue, Good old Purdue, who's knocked off a top-five team before. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, I mean, this, this game's... Did you see the line for this game, first off? Purdue is... It's, cer- yeah. Uh, it's three, three, right? Yep, yep. Three-point dog right now. At home, three-point dog. I mean, not that ross Aid is, is, like, the world's greatest environment, but I'm going to go with Purdue. Like, screw it. I, I mean, I got nothing in this game, like, no, no Michigan State fan is listening to our podcast. So I'm going to go with Purdue and, and say that they are once again dethrowing one of the top five teams in the country. It seems like they get up for those games and are able to take advantage. I think Purdue is not a team that when they're the, uh, they're the favorites, it, it looks great. So I think David Bell gets, gets wild on them, and they're able to slow down Kenneth Walker enough. And, and make that game ugly to to secure to win. I, I, d- I doubt it happens. Michigan State will probably win and crush them, but I'm, I'm just going to play the spoiler and go with Purdue. I love it because I, <laughs> I was in total agreement. I thought I was going to be on an island here, but I'm going to take Purdue as well because I think, you know, that this just feels like a game coming off that victory, come from behind at home against your in-state rival. I think Michigan State fans looked at the next week and saw Purdue, and they're like, oh, crap, you know this is not the situation you want to be in. So I think it would be hilarious if Purdue was able to pick up another top five uh, victory, and then they've got Ohio State next week. So uh, dangerous Purdue, Pur- dangerous team in the Purdue Boilermakers right now, but it's certainly possible. And Michigan State proved some things last week, beating Michigan, but it, you could I could certainly see them coming around, laying an egg, and, and falling to Purdue in this one. Yeah, right. I mean, last, I was just going to say last week they were burning cars. I mean, that was such a big win <laughs> for them that there's going to be a letdown of, of some sort. If it's a really big letdown, you never know. Purdue takes advantage of those opportunities better than anybody the past few years. Absolutely. All right, the nightcap uh, Big Ten Network. You've got Iowa traveling to Northwestern. Who do you like that? <laughs> it's a bad game. It's um, a bad game. <laughs> I'll, I'll just go with Iowa. I, I just think Northwestern is bad, um, so I'll go with Iowa, but once again, this is another game where if Iowa just continues to freefall, fall I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's this one I think, we talk about Illinois and, and Minnesota being ugly. This one could be pretty ugly too, just to punt fest back and forth. I'll go with Iowa as well, just kind of by default, but just if Northwestern found a way to win in an ugly game, it wouldn't shock me, but I think the Iowa Hawkeyes bounce back a little bit and pick up a victory here. All right, 6.30 on Fox, 2-6 and six Indiana. Wow, what a season for them traveling to Michigan. Who do you like there? Yeah, Indiana lost all semblance of home field magic this year. Um, I'm going to go with Michigan. I think they're going to cruise. Indiana's just not a good football team. They were kind of um, relied on turnovers last year. They're not getting it, and instead they have, you know, a really bad offense still, so I'm going to go with Michigan to kind of roll over them. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, uh, again, you know, the Indiana defense you know, gives you a little bit of semblance of, of something that's put together, but this Indiana offense is just something you can't touch. You know, they're picking upsets or picking with the, uh, with the spread. Um, it's just a game that they just they don't have it. And at 2-6, it's hard to envision that this team is, is super bought in. Um, for the finish. So Michigan generally in games like this just kind of plays volleyball and wins the game. So I'm going to go with the Wolverines here as well. All right, guys, that wraps up an interesting uh, Big Ten slate for you guys in the weekend. We've got a little bit more Rutgers preview to get to before we send you guys out of here. We'll get our ad reads out of the way here. And then we've got an interview with Aaron Brightman of On the Banks. He joined us to give us a further look into the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. So stick with us through our ads and we'll be back with you shortly.
2: All right, Badger fans, we are now joined by Aaron Brightman of On the Banks SB Nations Rutgers site to get a little bit in depth into the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Of course, these two teams don't meet all that much. It's been a few years since they have played, and of course, things have certainly changed, um, especially over at Rutgers. I believe uh, before, la- well, I think last time um, Wisconsin Rutgers squared off, it would have been the Chris Ash era, and now, of course, back onto Greg Schiano's second tenure. Uh, so it should be an interesting matchup for two teams that don't meet all that much in the conference. Aaron, first off, thanks for joining us. How are you doing this fine day? Are you looking forward to uh, Rutgers, Wisconsin this weekend?
3: Thanks for having me, Tyler. Uh, but uh, I don't appreciate having to remember the Chris Ash era uh, <laughs> at all, but uh, you are correct in your, your timeline. But uh, yeah, certainly... Um, this is, uh, as, as I've uh, coined it this week, this is the first time Rutgers has had uh, something meaningful to play for in the last month of the season since 2014. So uh, certainly uh, Rutgers fans are excited for this matchup. Uh, I think it's going to be obviously a, a big challenge for Rutgers, but coming off the win uh, against Illinois, uh, bye week was uh, perfect timing. Uh, team was really banged up and uh, dragging uh, in a very disappointing loss to Northwestern and recovered really well against Illinois, a team that, that had had their number for the last few years. So certainly some optimism going into this matchup uh, at home against Wisconsin.
2: Yeah, it should be a, a fun game, and I think Badger fans have now realized that, you know, with Rutgers is, is not the same Rutgers that it has been the last few years in that Chris Ash era. Um, you know, Much improved teams, it seemed like, and that's kind of where my first question kind of veers to is, how are Rutgers fans feeling overall about Greg Schiano's second tenure at the school? Because it seems like, um, I think, you, like you mentioned, before the bye week, maybe there were some frustrations. But with that win over Illinois, things may be better and then back on track. And as you mentioned, playing meaningful football. So how do fans feel overall about the, how things are proceeding at Rutgers right now?
3: yeah i mean there was a unprecedented uh fan alignment in getting Chiano back uh for his second tenure uh there was i mean essentially a protest and um uh a uh fundraising campaign uh that raised over three hundred thousand dollars uh for basically a mandate to the athletic department that um after negotiations had broken off initially with Chiano, um that that this would be donated if if they did hire him obviously it doesn't maybe sound like a huge number to wisconsin fans but for for Rutgers athletic department that historically has struggled to raise funds it was it was certainly um significant in the unification of the fan base in a way that i've never seen um and you know it, it, it made sense i you know at the day chris ash was fired i said you know i i was never in the camp that other coaches couldn't succeed at Rutgers, but i did believe that Chiano was the best choice at this time in terms of being able to hit the ground running on the recruiting trail, which we've has proven true. Um, right now their 2022 class is, is in around the, the top 20 range. Nationally, um, That they, they landed their highest quarterback recruit in program history, and Gavin Wimsett, who did make an historic decision to forego the rest of his senior year in September, and he's actually made his uh, collegiate debut last week. Um, but uh, recruiting-wise, that you know, Chiano's reputation and credibility across the state of New Jersey is um, you know a, a, as impeccable as can be, uh, and it's really helped uh, land some talent and, and turn over the roster, some in a pretty quick period of time. Uh, but yeah, the, the reality is, you know, the, the roster was was nowhere near a Big Ten level roster. Um, there were certainly some talented pieces he inherited, but from a depth perspective which has been kind of reared its ugly head uh, before the bye week with injuries on the two deep. Um, is certainly going to take time, especially on both lines, offensive and defensive. But uh, there's certainly been plenty of kind of highlights or flashes to show that uh, there should be real confidence that Shiano is going to turn this around. What the ceiling is remains to be seen. But I think uh, mid-level, uh, respectable Big Ten program is certainly realistic uh, now that Shiano is back.
2: Absolutely, and it seems like it's trending in that direction for sure. I, I know Paul Chris and his presser mentioned he had a lot of respect for what uh, Greg Schiano and, and Rutgers was doing as they move forward. And I'm glad you mentioned um, in that Gavin Wimsett, and, and that was kind of my next question: was that quarterback Noah Vedral has been the starter but got banged up last week. So should Badger fans who should they expect to see this week uh, in their contest with Wisconsin? Uh, Vedral is uh,
3: definitely going to start. Uh, he, you know, he's definitely dealing with some, some things, but I, I, uh, Shiano said on Monday that he was, he was good to go. Um, you know, he's really, uh, just, uh, such a tough football player. And, uh, although Rutgers fans have been frustrated with some of his performances, um, you know, he's the young question leader of the team. Uh, and he is, uh, really just, it, it, his toughness has, has really been a trademark for this team. And he really rallied, uh, you know, when he exited the game a second time uh, late in the third quarter against Illinois, that's when Winsett, uh really just um, very gutsy call by the coaching staff, 4th and 5 on the Illinois 33. Really the game on the line. I think if Rutgers doesn't convert there, uh, they might not win that game. Uh, Wimsett comes on 4th and 5 and uh, avoids pressure and throws a, just a, a pinpoint uh, pass to Bo Melton for the first down. Two plays later, Vedrill. Uh, runs it in for 15 yards uh, for the, the essentially the game-winning touchdown. Completely changes the complexion of the game. So uh, I think that uh, Vedral, he's going to be the starter. I would say the rest of the season as long as he stays healthy. Um, but really, the million-dollar question now is how do you handle when's it moving forward? Do you preserve the red shirt? Do you get him enough time where he can play a few more games, three more? He could play with with uh, still maintaining that red shirt. You know, I look at it as the door is now open And against Wisconsin, you know, the one area where the defense is maybe not has struggled but susceptible is, you know, throwing over the defense and throwing deep, which uh, Vegrell does not do well, um, but Wimsett has the potential to do. So I think we'll definitely see him in some packages. Gianna did comment after the game, and on Monday, you know, they do have certain packages ready for Wimsett, and I think they will... You know, I, I, some fans think that he shouldn't play against Wisconsin, and if he doesn't, that's a sign that they are going to try to preserve his redshirt. Um, but Siano has, you know, they've played about a dozen first- and second-year players this year, and if if he continues to state they want to play to win, they play the players, that gives them the best chance to win, then I don't see how Wimsett doesn't see the field at some point against Wisconsin.
2: Yeah, certainly something that will be interesting to watch for. Uh, of course, at a, a very highly recruited player and, and very talented, so it could be that wild card matchup that Badgers fans will have to look out for on the defense side of the ball. Continuing on with the Rutgers offense, I mean, it, it seems like the run game has been there in some games, but overall some, some struggles offensively. What do you think has been some of the issues that has maybe plagued Rutgers offensively this season?
3: It's been the offensive line uh, really struggled. I mean, they've literally uh, mixed and matched throughout the season. They've now, co- they have two converted uh, defensive linemen starting on the offensive line. That, that pretty much sums up the situation. Um, starting right guard Reggie Sutton was probably their most reliable player. He's been out for the season uh, since the third game uh, when he left injured. Rekwan Ra- O'Neal, their starting left tackle, has been in and out all season. Uh, he missed two games. Uh, He did uh, come back last week and and played very well. So hopefully he's uh, rejuvenated uh, and healthy. Um, But uh, they're starting to mesh a little bit better. Uh, Ireland Brown is a converted defensive lineman who started at at guard uh, this past weekend. Um, And it's only his fourth game on the line. Uh, You also have Brendan Bordner, who uh, converted in the offseason. So those two guys are seeing a lot of action. You're also seeing two uh, second year freshman uh, Holland Pierce and um, uh, Troy Rainey, who have been thrust into action. So as you know, you know in the Big Ten, you don't want you don't want freshman linemen playing big big minutes, and that's what Rutgers is dealing with. So uh, they're, they've really tried to find the right combo that works. I think they definitely had their best game against Illinois. They did not allow a sack. They rushed for over 200 yards. So you know, can that continue against Wisconsin? I'm skeptical, um, but uh, I think if, you know, to be honest, in, in, in more winnable games like Indiana and Maryland, if they can hold up their end of the bargain, then I think uh, Rutgers could have a chance to win those games. You know, potentially, yeah, if if they were able to run against Wisconsin, that would be huge. Um, but I do think it's it's going to be a struggle. Switching
2: gears here defensively, it, it seems like Rutgers has kind of had an up and down year on the defense side of the ball. I mean, you know, last week really shut down that Illinois run game. Other weeks they've they played really well and they faced you know Syracuse Michigan two teams that run the ball really well and, and Rutgers held their own fairly well in those contests and, and of course come out with victory against Syracuse and, and hung right with Michigan.
1: What do you think is how do you, what would you evaluate this Rutgers defense so far
2: this season? Has it just been kind of hot and cold or what do you see as kind of the, the strengths and, and maybe the weaknesses there?
3: Yeah, great points about the Syracuse and Michigan game and then Illinois. That that's really the the um you know, been the difference in terms of when they, they can defend the run, they're very competitive and they can win. Uh, and they did that against Syracuse, who's turned out to be pretty good, um, and uh, obviously Illinois. And then they, they gave Michigan all they could handle in the big house because they stopped the run. So um, other weeks, you know, they've really been susceptible to the big play, more so in the pass game uh, than the run game, although they did allow, a, I believe, a 94-yard touchdown to Kenneth Walker when they played Michigan State. Um, but I really think it goes back to their inconsistencies tied to injuries. Um, when, when they've had key guys missing, uh, they, they've, they've struggled against big plays. Um, Max Melton was, a, uh, their best cornerback at the start of the year. He was actually suspended for three games. He's been back, but injured. Uh, you have, um, guys like Julius Turner who left the game a little bit. Uh, he's, uh, huge for them on the defensive line. His stats don't show it, but, He's their best defensive lineman by far and been very disruptive in, in, uh, the past game, but also limiting the run game. Um, linebacker, they've had some issues. Tariq Maddox Williams is a four-year starter off and on. He's been out injured. Uh, so when they've been missing key guys, um, you know, they've definitely suffered from it. Uh, but I think also just, uh, it, Shiano has talked about tackling. You know, when they tackle well, they're tough to beat defensively. When they don't, they're, you know, they're giving up pretty big plays. So, uh, how they handle the Wisconsin run game is obviously, I think, the, the key to the game.
2: Continuing on the defensive side of the ball, who are some names that Wisconsin fans should be on the lookout for? Because I think overall, you know, with these two teams not meeting very much, I, I can't imagine Badger fans know a ton of players on that defense, but it seems like a group that is is fairly talented and, and has held up um, fairly strongly um, in some of their contests.
3: Yeah, Julius Perner, who I was mentioning on the defensive line, is is, is their best defensive lineman. Uh, you have uh, Olokume Fatukazi, Fatsukazi, uh, call him 03. He was just uh, named a Buckets Award semifinalist. He, he led the Big Ten last year in tackles. Uh, he's a tackling machine. Uh, you know, their linebacker core overall is pretty good. A lot of veterans, Taishan Fogg, um, they do struggle uh, defending the pass a little bit in pass coverage. Um, and then their, their safeties have been really good. Christian Eisen um, is one of the best safeties, I think, in, in the league. And then you have Avery Young, uh, who is a converted cornerback, uh, has played well next to him. So uh, they, def- they have a lot of seniors back. Uh, they, they have older uh, starters uh, except uh, two from the previous year back. Um, they've had some younger players step up. Tyreen Powell is one. Uh, Kason Abraham is another. He had the game-winning kind of uh, clinching tackle uh, in the open field against Illinois in the fourth quarter uh, in the last minute uh, last week. He's someone that has really stepped up uh, and then they have, uh, you know, some younger guys, a four-star Kyrie Benton and then linebacker, who's starting to see some action as well. So they're really mixing and matching with some def- uh, younger guys as, as injuries have piled up, but um, overall, you know, there's, there's certainly some talent on that defense.
2: All right, to wrap things up here, what is From the sounds of it, it sounds like the matchup in the trenches will be the one thing that this game kind of comes down to, but what do you think will be the the matchup that you've got your eye on in terms of how this game goes, and if you're willing, give us a score prediction for Saturday. Well,
3: I I will admit that I'm guilty of having a little bit of fun with with Badger fans on Twitter because uh, I've been teasing with with Aaron Cruikshank all year (laughs) uh, and, and what he's meant to Rutgers, and uh, he's questionable for this game, but I think he, if he can play, uh, regardless of it being Wisconsin or not, but obviously being a little extra motivated. But his ability to change the game, both in special teams and, re- and the return game, but also as a wide receiver, he he had a 75-yard touchdown uh, reception against Michigan State, the game he went down and got injured. Uh, he he's just he gives them a different element that they're sorely lacking. Bo Melton as well. But I think the key for me is, is Rutgers being able to generate big plays offensively, specifically the pass game, um, if Chris Frank can play. Bo Melton is their best receiver. Also, Isaiah Pacheco uh, could could you know turn a big play out of the backfield. Uh, Rutgers is not going to be able to drive on Wisconsin. They're not going to be able to sustain uh, drives. They're not going to be able to generate enough first downs, I think, overall to, to put enough points on the board. They're going to have to land two or three or four big plays uh, offensively and on special teams to have a chance. So if they can't do that, I don't think, you know, it's necessarily, I, I, I think that their defense will play well enough to keep it respectable, but um, I don't think they'll, they'll truly challenge or threaten Wisconsin if they can't generate big plays. Um, overall, I think, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like a 24 to 10 score uh, for Wisconsin. I, I do think Rutgers will, will play hard and they'll be respectable, um, but I don't think they have enough firepower to really threaten the Badgers, and I think the run game of, of Wisconsin will ultimately wear down the defense in the fourth quarter.
2: I think that's a, a very fair assessment. That's kind of the same lines that, that I've been kind of thinking all week is that uh, you very similar to maybe what Wisconsin's game last week, that 27-7, 24-10 type of range um, would be uh, not, not surprising in my eyes. But, Aaron, we, we really appreciate you taking the time uh, it's always great to get some some insider looks at uh, the opponent, especially when you don't meet this team um, between Rutgers and Wisconsin every year. So, uh, yeah, thank you again, man, for joining us.
3: Thanks so much for having me. Uh, good luck this weekend. Not that I think you need it, and good luck the rest of the way.
2: Thank you. All right, Badger fans, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. We'll be back with you next week to recap this contest, and as always, on Wisconsin. <laughs>
1: No, <laughs>